Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program, uh, it is a free-for-all for the weekend, so you can call in about things that otherwise might not be on topic for me. You know, I, I just, I, I gotta, as an aside here, um, if Rooster's still listening, tell you this, in the last hour, Rooster was calling in about kids who, they, they don't know uh, what to do. They've got to be told every step of the way. There, there's not a lot of industriousness. I have a book somewhere, if y'all could see my desk, I, I told you it looks like a hoarder's nightmare, somewhere around here on my day. Yeah, there it is. Keep it on my desk. It's to remind me. Uh, there is a little book, and I highly recommend this book, particularly if you are an employer and you want to get your employees started out right. There's a little book called A Message to Garcia, and you should read The Message to Garcia. Um, it, it's actually a very, very quick read. You can read the entire book in less than 30 minutes. It's, it's that small. And I would encourage you to read a message to Garcia. The whole story of the message to Garcia is about the, um, Spanish American war. The president of the United States needed to get a message to a commanding officer in Cuba, and his name was Garcia. And he told the person who was to send the message to go to give this message to Garcia. And the point of the whole story and it took off. I mean, you can buy this book. I'm looking at it on Amazon now. You can buy it for three bucks. I mean, this is how it begins. In all this Cuban business, there is one man stands out on the horizon of my memory like Mars at Perihelion. When war broke out between Spain and the United States, it was very necessary to communicate quickly with the leader of the insurgents. Garcia was somewhere in the mountain fastness of Cuba. No one knew where. No mail nor telegram could reach him. The president must secure his cooperation and quickly. What to do? Someone said to the president, there's a fellow by the name of Rowan. We'll find Garcia for you if anyone can. Rowan was sent for and given a letter to be delivered to Garcia. How the fellow by the name of Rowan took the letter sealed it up in an oilskin pouch, strapped it over his heart, in four days landed by night off the coast of Cuba from an open boat, disappeared into the jungle, and in three weeks came out on the other side of the island, having traversed a hostile country on foot and having delivered his letter to Garcia. Are things I have no special desire now to tell in detail. The point I wish to make is this. McKinley gave Rowan a letter to be delivered to Garcia, Rowan took the letter and did not ask, where is he at? 
by the Eternal, there is a man whose form should be cast in deathless bronze and the statue placed in every college in the land. It is not book learning young men need nor instruction about this or that, but a stiffening of the vertebrae, which will cause them to be loyal to a trust, to act promptly, concentrate their energies, do the thing, carry a message to Garcia. General Garcia is dead now, but there are other Garcias. No man who has endeavored to carry out an enterprise where many hands were needed, but has been well-nigh appalled at times by the imbecility of the average man, the inability or unwillingness to concentrate on a thing and do it. Slipshot assistance, foolish inattention, dowdy indifference, and half-hearted work seem the rule, and no man succeeds unless by hook or crook or threat he forces or bribes other men to assist him, or mayhap God in his goodness performs a miracle and sends him an angel of light for an assistance. You, reader, put this matter to a test. You are sitting now in your office. Six clerks are within your call. Summon any one and make this request. Please look in the encyclopedia and make a brief memorandum for me concerning the life of Correggio. Will the clerk quietly say yes, sir, and go back to the task? On your life he will not. He will look you out of a fishy eye and ask one or more of the following. Who is he? Which encyclopedia? Where is the encyclopedia? What is the encyclopedia? Was I hired for that? Don't you mean Bismarck? What's your matter with Charlie doing it? Is he dead? Is there any hurry? Shan't I bring you the book and let you look at it yourself? What do you want to know for? And I will lay you 10 to 1 that after you have answered the questions and explained how to find the information, why you want it, the clerk will go off and get one of the other clerks to help him find Garcia and then come back and tell you there is no such man. Of course, I may lose my bet, but according to the law of average, I will not. And on it goes. It's a very short read. But the whole point is when I was a brand new lawyer, still a law clerk, every new lawyer at my law firm was given a copy of this book with an engraving on it to Eric Erickson from Sell and Melton. That was my law firm. Everyone else got the same book with that engraving with their name on it from Sell and Melton, the law firm. And the point of it was, carry the message to Garcia. Don't ask questions. Figure it out. We don't train up kids anymore to be able to do that. We live in a sink or swim world. I'll be very honest with you. I did not like practicing law. I didn't like it. There's this thing called a client. They got a problem. You know how to fix it. They don't want to fix it that way because they want to sue the other person instead. Uh, I mean, that was that was part of it. But part of it was I, I, I was in a more sink or swim environment than I felt comfortable. I finally started working with a lawyer at the firm who helped me a little more. When you go to law school, you don't actually learn the practice of law. You learn how to think and research. And I could do all of that, but there were parts of it. Uh, that I did struggle with at first, and then I got more comfortable and I helped other people. Or look at this radio thing. I, now, listen, I, I very honest with you, I really genuinely, truly thought when I started radio that anybody could just sit here and talk for three hours without a script. I had a, a conversation with my buddy Luke, who helps with all my insurance stuff this morning. Um, he was laughing about the, the, the number of people who think I use a script. I mean, you should be able to tell I don't by now, but some people in radio do. I know a very famous talk show host to this day who has someone write his opening monologue for him. 
I do most of my own research. Charlie and Philip help fill in the gaps. They put stuff in Slack, which I tend to ignore. <laughs> it's become a running joke when I put something in Slack. It was already in there. Um, but when I got into radio, my boss, the pig farmer, aligned me with, paired me with the guy who actually dragged me into the company named Greg Mosheri, who might be listening right now. Uh, lives up in Michigan, and he was kind of the guy who, if I had questions about how do I do talk radio, he was the guy. And, and at some point, I was filling in for Rush, and I called him. He was like, Greg, I'm filling in for Rush Limbaugh. First time, what do I do? And he's like, I, I can't give you any advice beyond what I've already given you. You know what to do. Go do it. And so I did. I did well enough that I kept getting asked back. Um, Rush was already a friend, but it, trust me, friendship with Rush had nothing to do with it. Years ago, Rush used to put his friends on radio, and they were all disasters. And he stopped being able to just put his friends on the air. He had to actually have some competence. Now, if you are wise, you will not bother to explain to your assistant that Correggio is indexed under the C's and not the K's, but you will smile sweetly and say, never mind, and go look it up yourself. And this incapacity for independent action, this moral stupidity, this infirmity of the will, this unwillingness to cheerfully catch hold and lift are the things that put pure socialism so far into the future. If men will not act for themselves, what will they do when the benefit of their effort is for all? A first mate with knotted clubs seems necessary, and the dread of getting the bounce Saturday night holds many a worker in his place. Advertise for a stenographer, and nine times out of ten who apply can neither spell nor punctuate and do not think it necessary to. Can such a one write a letter to Garcia? You see that bookkeeper, says the foreman to me in a large factory. Yes, what about him? Well, he's a fine accountant. But if I'd sent him to town on an errand, he might accomplish the errand all right. And on the other hand, might stop at four saloons on the way. And when he got to Main Street, would forget what he had been sent for. Can such a man be entrusted to carry a message to Garcia? We have recently been hearing much maudlin sympathy expressed for the downtrodden denizens of the sweatshop and the homeless wanderer searching for honest employment. And with it all often go many hard words for the men in power. Nothing is said about the employer who grows old before his time in a vain attempt to get frowsy ne'er-do-wells to do intelligent work, and his long patient striving with help that does nothing but loaf when his back is turned. In every store and factory, there is a constant weeding-out process going on. The employer is constantly sending away help that have shown their incapacity to further the interests of the business, and others are being taken on. No matter how good times are, this sorting continues. Only if times are hard and work is scarce, this sorting is done finer. But out and forever out, the incompetent and unworthy go. It is the survival of the fittest. Self-interest prompts every employer to keep the best. Those who can carry a message to Garcia. You got to think about these. I tell my kids all the time. Do. If someone tells you to do something, do it. Don't argue. Don't complain. If they're your boss, go do it. You may not want to do it. You may think it's a waste of time, but you are not the boss. My kids are very independent. They can be kind of mouthy if I'm honest. But if given a project to do, they do it without complaint because that's the way we've raised them. That's what we expect of them. So, 
I, I will brag for a moment. I'm very blessed with Philip and Charlie both. And Charlie's been with me, gosh, a long time, nine, 10 years now. And when I first got started and I wanted to hire him, he had randomly reached out to me over the internet. Didn't know him from Adam. Needed somebody to help me. He paid his own way, came with me to Tampa to the Republican National Convention and just did. Didn't even have to tell him what to do. He just did it. He knew ahead of time what to do. Uh, he tackled and blocked, kept people away from me, brought people to me, helped me do interviews, told me I was doing things I shouldn't do, steered me in different ways. He wasn't on the payroll, wasn't going to get paid, wound up putting him on the payroll, and he's been with me ever since. Uh, the guy just has this uncanny knack for what works and what doesn't in radio. Couldn't do the show without him. And then over time, um, Philip kind of fell into my lap. And what's kind of funny is is working with people who were his age, he was at the time in his mid-20s, who anything they did required a head pat. It's one of the weirdest things. A, a generation of people who, when they do their job, expect to be rewarded for doing their job. It's called the paycheck. And he didn't. He went out of his way to create his own work, to, to create his own work ethic, to define the parameters of his job without me having to do it for him, has taken on more responsibilities and does it all great. And the things he doesn't do great, he's mindful of and has worked to improve. And now he handles digital ads and, and all sorts of stuff that weren't the things he started out doing. And he does. And both of them together have become this highly competent team around me that I couldn't do my job for. And I never told either one of them what to do. They just did. They got their message to Garcia. And I would encourage you, if you are an employer, when you get new employees, you hand them a copy, the message to Garcia. And they will either understand the message of the book or they won't. My heart goes out to the man who does his work when the boss is away, as well as when he is home. And the man who, when given a letter for Garcia, quietly takes the missive without asking any idiotic questions and with no lurking intention of chucking it into the nearest sewer or of doing aught else but deliver it never gets laid off nor has to go on strike for higher wages. Civilization is one long, anxious search for just such individuals. Anything such a man asks will be granted. His kind is so rare that no employer can afford to let him go. He is wanted in every city, in every town, in every village, in every shop, store, shop, and factory, and office. The world cries out for such. He is needed and needed badly. The man or woman who can carry a message to Garcia. A friend of mine and I were discussing bowl and branch sheets the other night when he was sitting on the front porch with me, and he didn't believe that they got softer and softer every time you wash them. His wife was not convinced at all. She figured it was all marketing hype. Now she wants bowl and branch sheets for all of their beds at home. Why? Because they really do get softer every time you wash them. They're free of toxins, pesticides, harsh chemicals at every step of the process. They're the finest 100% organic cotton on earth. They're made by artisans who earn the pay and the respect they deserve and right now you can bring home a better night's sleep this holiday season with bowl and branch bedding their signature sheets even come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box it's going to look good it's going to feel great for a limited time get 20 percent off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code eric at bowlandbranch.com that's bowlandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k at bowlandbranch.com 
Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this program, we'd love for you to be a part of the program if you want to call in. At the bottom of the hour, my buddy Josh Youssef is going to join me again to finish talking about what we were talking about yesterday. Um, that is the help the persecuted his nonprofit. Some of this, let me just tell you, uh, to set the stage for this before he comes back on, um, one of the coolest things that happened and you guys, if you are listening right now, some of you actually helped them do this, an actual descendant of the prophet Muhammad, like indisputable descendant of the prophet Muhammad in Iraq converted to Christianity. And the result was the guy's family put out a bounty on his head to kill him because he converted to Christianity. He betrayed their family faith. And so help the persecuted, thanks to many of you who are listeners of this program, were actually able to go into Iraq, put him on a plane, and extricate him from the country to save his life. That's the sort of things that they do. Uh, it really just a, a deeply fascinating story. And it was you guys who actually helped pull that off. I'm, I stand amazed at your generosity. And right now they have a, a match. Um, they've got a, a donor who is willing to pay um, a match up to $500,000 any money they raised this month. And they're doing some really big campaigns out there. So um, I hope that um, you guys will... Uh, continue to listen and, and stick around for his conversation because the, the stuff they're doing in Southeast Asia is phenomenal. Uh, listen, I, I need to tell you again, the book that I was telling you about is called Message to Garcia. And I really, you should consider it. Um, if you've got young employees coming in and it is an old book, it's, it's from like 1897, 1898. Uh, it was written as a very capitalist free market uh, spiel book. But the message hits home, and you should really, if you've got new employees, like when I was a when I was a young lawyer, it was what they gave me. You want to learn how to do your work? Uh, read this book. And the whole point of it is, when your boss gives you a job to do, go figure out how to do it. Um, stop having to ask for directions for every little thing you do. It is one of the chief complaints I hear from employers all the time. When the kids show up, they don't have great work ethic, and the kids who show up and have great work ethic are one day going to be called boss. Now, your boss move of the day is to go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of their incredible offer. Uh, you can go to omahasteaks.com today. You can save money like $30 uh, using promo code ERIC at checkout, E-R-I-C-K. Minimum order applies. But if you want a turkey or a ham for Christmas, or you want to give boxes to people. Let me tell you about the first time I ever got a gift from Omaha Steaks. I'd been sending them since I was in college or law school. When I was a lawyer, someone sent me a box of Omaha Steaks, and we had moved. And we hadn't. We still had stuff in the old house, and I went over to get the stuff. That box had been sitting there for days. You could smell the box before you saw it. The person didn't know I had moved. I was able to get the label with the order number off the top of the box, and I called Omaha Steaks. There was no who sent it to me. They wanted it to be anonymous, I guess. And I called Omaha Steaks and said, look, I've moved. This box was sitting there. I don't even know who sent it to me. And Omaha Steaks said, we will send you a brand new box, and we will let them know you moved, and we will give them your new address because the person didn't want me to know who had sent it. It was just a surprise gift. 
That's the sort of customer service you're dealing with with Omaha Steaks. They sent me a brand new box. The person, I, I found out later, he told me who it was. He had wanted to surprise me. It was a great surprise. It was delicious. Omaha Steaks made it right. Incredible customer service. They want a lifetime relationship with you. You can go to omahasteaks.com today. Minimum orders apply, but put Eric in as a promo code at checkout and save 30 extra dollars at omahasteaks.com. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them, in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington. we got to take power out of Washington that's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on the program. Delighted to have you, but I got a special guest, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, my buddy Josh Youssef is joining me again from Help the Persecuted. Josh, welcome back. Thanks for having me back on, Eric. All right. So yesterday we were talking about Iraq. Uh, we talked about the Middle East. And I know you guys have been doing a lot uh, within Central Asia as well. And I do want people to know if they want to help, if they text donate to 33777, there is a matching gift up to $500,000 for you guys. Great program. Um, so let, let's talk about uh, Central Asia. You know, we this past year we added uh, Iran, uh, an Iranian team member to our team. And I, I met him this summer, um, and and it's it's a different environment for us. Where in the Middle East, you do have some states, some Arab states, that are you know not less than thrilled about conversion from Islam, um, but a lot of them are moving towards kind of a more progressive uh, understanding of. Of, of of conversion and they're even changing their their uh, their constitutions. But in Iran, it is it is a next level state persecution of Christians, and we're seeing that you know now uh, in the the death of um, of Masa Amini. You know anybody who kind of stands against the government or is perceived as standing against the government, you know they will they will crush those people and. Um, uh, whether they're protesters or Christians, they they look at Christians as if they're enemies of the state because they are apostate. And we are seeing, you know, mass arrests. We are seeing, um, you know, fa both state and family persecution uh, at, at that level in Iran in in ways that we, we really don't see in other countries uh, besides Afghanistan. Yeah, listen, I... Grew up in the Middle East, obviously. I, I, I say that Charlie laughs at me sometimes because I'll start a conversation with him. Well, I grew up in Dubai. Well, everybody knows I grew up in Dubai. But actually, what people may not know is that some of my very best friends were Iranian refugees who had fled uh, when the Shah collapsed and fled the rise of the Islamic uh, overlords of Iran and the the um, oh, the, the Ayatollah. And yeah. 
how bad the persecution is for Jews and Christians in Iran. But also, you know, today there are lots of reports around the world. I think World Magazine had a survey of the surprising growth in Christianity within Iran right now. It, it is flourishing in that persecution. It, it has exploded. And, you know, I look at our, our Iranian director in Turkey. You know, here's a man who spent three years in prison for his faith. He he uh, he, he did a 90-day hunger strike uh, where the where the prisoner the prison actually tried to keep him alive using IV um, IV bags and and he did that to help get um, some of his Christian brothers and sisters released. But the emotional torture and the physical torture that he underwent, and yet his faith is so strong, and he's now leading a, a, a online ministry back into Iran from Turkey and 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 they're 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 using his in-laws and his family against him like stop what you're doing or we're going to hurt your family. I mean that is the 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 price that they're willing to pay and as a result of that perseverance in their faith we're seeing the church grow, we're seeing it multiply, we're seeing house churches grow uh and and people are willing to they take great risks. They're very courageous. I would say they're the most courageous, most courageous, intentional believers I have ever encountered. Now, I know you guys uh, helped a woman who had been mistreated by her parents and abused by her husband. She came to faith, and the thing she said was, in the darkest days of my life, a new light shone, God resurrected me, and gave me strength to live again. He stopped me from being a prostitute, gave me hope to get out of those dark and loveless days and experiences true love. He saved me and my daughter. It's an incredible story. You know, in a lot of cases, women are married off to uh, much older men. So very young women married off to much older men uh, and they're mistreated. And there's this really, there's this dark side to that whole thing that is just really just wicked. And this woman came to faith and we, we have a program in Iran and really throughout the Middle East, North Africa, and Central Asia called um, Enduring Livelihood. So our Enduring Livelihood cases, you know, if you're, if you're a Christian, you're not going to get – your family is not going to loan you money. The bank is not going to loan you money. Um, and you, you, you experience what, I, what we talk about in our internal team is civic death. The idea of, of kind of cho- choking out the, someone's ability to be able to earn a living, make a living, and be independent. And so we come in with uh, funds, enduring livelihood funds, to help build their business. We help them with their business plan. We help them with their day-to-day uh, operational activity. And and that was one of those uh, cases. Uh, ultimately, it was safe housing, and then an enduring livelihood case to follow. But it's been awesome to see that it not only employs the the immediate family. But then the larger persecuted church is employed as a result of some of these businesses like nail salons and, um, you know, barbershops. And uh, we, we had a we had a wedding dress maker in Iran. Um, so it's 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 exciting. Now, I, I'm, I'm Googling something here uh, because it, it, it goes to a point I need to make. Yes. Um, so people think of the Middle East. They think it's desert. It's hot. Uh, it is right now 37 degrees in Tehran, the capital of Iran. Uh, the low there will be 35 degrees. The high tomorrow will be 40 degrees 
in Tehran. Uh, not exactly uh, the sweltering desert environment some people envision. They're just south of the, the Caucasus Mountains uh, that you can see from the city. And you guys, I know, are helping deliver coats and food and gifts to Christian families there. Um, and also uh, having to do it under the radar and in secret in the midst of the protests and the turmoil, it obviously cannot be easy. It's not. Um, so, yeah, we, we do a lot of uh, propane gas distributions. Um, as you said, it, it, it's colder than people would think. It's a bitter cold. And so we do a lot of propane gas distributions, uh, clothing. Um, and we, I mean, our, our, our director in Iran uh, is, is an amazing man, uh, has, has paid a heavy price himself, just like our, our friend in Turkey, uh, and, and is willing to, to make great risk to himself, um, get funds needed and get, get items needed to believers uh, that need it. And, you know, I, I tell you, the the seriousness with which they take their faith. I know I said this, but it is just so encouraging. And, you know, Paul talks about this in, in Thessalonians, that he boasts about the faith of those who are being persecuted. And I, I oftentimes just say, I, I boast in what they're doing. And um, yeah, it's very exciting stuff. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, I, I keep going back to that because I know you go over to uh, the, the Middle East a lot and, and help oversee this. And you don't just stay in Atlanta. You, you travel a lot, probably more than your family would like. But it's it's the number of people who are doing this really are putting their lives at risk. I mean, uh -huh. it, and their, their families' lives, too. They are. And, you know, um, we're dealing with a really small pool of people, right? You're dealing with a minority within a within a Muslim majority. But then those who are really willing to kind of actually go and put their hand to the plow, do the work, that number, that gets even smaller. And um, and so really the Lord has led us to just uh, people who, who are uniquely gifted uh, in this area. And so, uh, yeah, I just – when I come back, my wife, she says, you need to go out there more often because you come back just so much more uh, energized and excited, and um, they really are – they are my heroes. These people are, are truly my heroes. Well, and if Iran's not difficult enough, you've got the Afghan situation there um, where I know you guys have rescued, um, what, 750 or so people and are trying to resettle them around the world. And now the Taliban is clapping and cracking down harder and harder, making it harder and harder to get people out. That's right. Yeah. And, and Eric, I, I cannot thank you enough for what you did uh, back in, in fall of 21 just helping get the word out because, um, you know, and I, I, I've told my team, you know, the easy part actually was flying these people out of, of Afghanistan. But the hardest part has been the last 12 months trying to find onward resettlement. Uh, and, and Canada, honestly, Canada came in and, and took the majority of them, uh, followed by the U.S. and then a, a few European states and, and Australia. But, um, but Canada really stepped up. It just took forever to try to get them resettled. And many of them were so despondent in, in the Emirates where, where you used to live. We had uh, Sheikh uh, uh, Nayem, the Nayem Royal family, basically took all these people in to humanitarian city in Abu Dhabi at their own expense. And these people were so discouraged. Some of them were actually thinking, should we just go back to Afghanistan? That's how wow. desperate they got. But thankfully – 
uh, Western nations st- uh, stepped up and took them. And, uh, you know, now what we're dealing with is, is a, the last year the Taliban has been somewhat distracted. Uh, but we've heard over the last two months there's been a crackdown, particularly in the north in Mazar Sharif. The Taliban's going in and checking people's phones to see if they have the Bible app or if they uh, have been communicating with Christians using uh, Signal or WhatsApp. Um, and, and, then, and then just a general, like, if you're not in the mosque, they're going to come round you up and make sure you get there. And so they're getting uh, a lot more serious um, about apostasy. And this is really concerning, uh, very, very concerning. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not really something I think most Americans can even truly relate to that just simply having the app on your phone, a Bible app on your phone can get you killed or uh, tortured for it just, it's a different, brutal world of people with deep hostility. And here you guys are going into that with donor help to make it happen. And folks, if you want to donate to help them keep doing this, text the word donate to 33777 to help the persecuted. Uh, literally, you are helping the persecuted around the world. They've got a matching uh, donation of up to $500,000, and hopefully we can help Josh do this. Now, Josh, I, I want to go back to something you and I have talked about before because it, it's the holiday season the like, and I have continued to be struck, and I keep reading these articles throughout the Middle East. The number of people who, with limited or no contact Christians, start having dreams about Jesus and then go seek out Christians and convert. I am fascinated by this story that it just, time and time again, I hear this conversion story from people in the Middle East. They just start having dreams about Jesus. You know, it, I, it, it's so fascinating to me that I'm actually uh, working on this uh, as a thesis for my, uh, my finally wrapping up my master's here at Reformed Theological Seminary. But uh, you know, somebody here actually heard me talk on the subject, and they said, "You know, this is something that, as Reformed Christians, we don't uh, we don't know what to do with that. We don't know what what box to put that in." And uh, so, I've decided to kind of write on this. It's it's a it's a big thing, Eric. It's it's not uh, these not these people have not eaten bad falafel. Uh, you know, they are they are having uh, dreams of Jesus visiting them. Uh, in most cases, probably 90% of the cases that I've looked at, uh, it's it's one or two dreams. And once that person becomes part of a, of a Christian body, reading the, the scriptures in the church, they stop having the dreams. And, and that's very unique. I think God's using this in a way to reveal himself to people who don't have access to church and the, and the scriptures. And, and I think that's his purpose. Um, you know, I'll tell you this real quick. I don't know how much time we have, but one of the guys that's serving our church in the Middle East is a former ISIS member. He had wow. a dream. He had a dream that one that one of our directors came to him with an envelope, a white envelope filled with blood, and the envelope was dripping with blood. And when he got up to the envelope, it smelled like perfume. And then he woke up and he said to our director, "What was that?" He said, "Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That is Jesus's blood that you smelled." And he immediately came to faith in Christ. Uh, he, he is a worship leader in a church. He leads like 12 small group Bible studies a week. Um, he, was a, he was an ISIS recruiter. I mean, he, he, was, a, he was a Sharia uh, judge in Syria who had executed people. 
and he has wow. the most amazing testimony. Well, and listen, I, I understand people who aren't believers listen to this thing. This is kind of nutty and hokey, and yet I hear these stories. I believe these people. It, it really happens. Josh, I, I got to leave it there. Um, and I, again, folks, you can text donate to 33777 uh, if you want to help the persecuted. It's a great organization to help, particularly during the Christmas season. Josh, I thank you so much for hanging out with me and, and talking about this and for what you're doing. Grateful for you, Eric. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Josh Youssef with Help the Persecuted. You can text the word donate to 33777 uh, and help the literally, very literally help the persecuted. Now, right now I need to tell you about uh, Eden Pure because they got a great deal for you. Uh, they're uh, three pack for less than $200. I get a lot more questions than I used to. Y'all are clearly buying these. In fact, Eden Pure tells me uh, you guys buy a lot of these. And people ask me how I use my Eden Pure Thunderstorm. First, let me tell you, you can go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You get three for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping. How I use it as an odor eliminator. So we, we have a couple in the house. I keep one on my back porch now because it gets kind of musty smelling back there, and I can fire it up, and it'll wipe out those odors. Uh, I keep one in my travel bag when I travel so that if I'm in a hotel room that stinks, someone's been smoking or it's musty, or I'm in a rental car that stinks, someone's been smoking there. That happens a lot these days with rental cars. It just wipes out the odors. Like the, the, you cannot smell the the odor in the car or the hotel room. It wipes it out. You You plug it in. You walk away, leave it for a little while, you come back, and the odor's just gone. It works. EdenPureDeals.com. You can take care of smoke odors, litter box odors, cooking odors, fry odors, pet odors, musty odors. It also is an air purifier, so it traps the pollen and the dust in the air. You just wipe it out. It's filterless. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. This other program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, reach out to them if you want to grow your business. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Uh, I got about a minute. Don't want to keep Robert waiting here. Robert, I got about a minute and a half here. Thanks for taking my call. I enjoy your show. Thank you very I much. Have a group of, I have a group of people, young people, that could find Garcia. Good. Guaranteed, 100%. Who are they? the Boy Scouts of America, all the young people. And about three years ago, we let the girls come into the scouting program. And I guarantee you, you could give them that task. And we also have the Eagle Scout, who is only 4% of all the scouts that joined the Boy Scouts of America ever reached the, the rank of Eagle Scout. Right. And I guarantee you that I could put any of my Eagle Scouts to that task put them on an island, and they would find Garcia. It may take them two weeks, may take them two months. But in the scouting program, we teach character building. We mm -hmm. teach citizenship. We teach the life skills. We teach cooking, first aid, map and compass, leadership, wilderness skills. And they learn all that. Well, you know, I was, I was in they camp scouts. all the time. Yep. When I was I was in Scouts when I was in Dubai, I never made it Eagle, Eagle Scout. We moved home uh, after ninth grade. But uh, Robert, I appreciate that, and and good to know there are Scouting supporters. I know that you've also got now, um, oh, you've got the 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 Christian uh, equivalent, given some of the politics involved with people behind the Scouts and the like. Um, but those sorts of programs definitely do build character, whether it's the church ones or Scouts. But 
yeah, we really ha- need to raise up kids to be able to think and and acquire knowledge without spoon feeding it to them. Any program that does is good. Uh, when we come back, well, we got to get into the merchant of death. <laughs> 